Thank you for listening to the Vantage Point Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. That's, that's awesome. Hey, we are in the middle of our series called That's Not How That Works. And uh, we have been looking at different, uh, different ways of handling life and different, different phrases and things that people say that we think are true. We think that's how things work, but honestly, it's not how it works. Things like uh, forgive and forget. Maybe you've heard that. Or last week we said, <clears throat> look at this idea of, well, just believe. Or you've, you've got to have faith and think positive. But as we've been looking at Scripture, we've, we've come to realize that that's not how that works. In a lot of cases, the things that our culture and these common beliefs you would think, oh, just do that, we find that that's really not how that works according to the Bible. So today, I want to jump in and look at another one of those things that we say a lot, and it's a common thing to say. So if you have a Bible handy, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, you can kind of flip there on your phone, or maybe actually go and grab a paper Bible if you still have one of those, and uh, you, can, you can follow along with us like that. We're going to have the verses on the screen here in just a few moments. But i got to say this. <clears throat> this, is, uh, this is our eighth Sunday uh, coming to you like this, having our remote services and we've had, you know, eight weeks of being in quarantine. And, you know, I got to say, man, I, I miss your faces. I really do. I'm grateful that we're able to meet like this. But, man, I so miss uh, being able to see you and talk with you live and have that experience. Uh, but I got to say, you know, one of the hardest things about doing all this, about being uh, remote and, and not being able to be together, is, is going on social media and seeing those overachievers. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think we all have some friends like that. In this whole quarantine time, they are they're overachievers. They're the people that you know, you go online and you see, oh, I built a gazebo in my backyard. That, that's awesome. I tied some sticks together, you know? Uh, they're those people that they're learning Swahili and how to play the mandolin. You, you know what I'm talking about. You have those friends, you see them online. They're baking artisan breads. I don't even know if I can spell the word artisan. They're the, they're the people that they're hosting a Zoom Bible study, and like you're watching the Bible study, and like you're wondering why it looks like he's like bouncing around a lot. Why is he bouncing around? And then it, you come to find out, this guy he's running a marathon. He's on a treadmill in his living room, running a marathon while hosting the call. It's like you got to be kidding me, okay? And that these are the well-meaning people that when they hear, you know, you're having kind of a hard time with all this, and you're, you're facing some difficulties, like like your kids are driving you crazy. Through this whole thing, you've come to realize that, that um, you don't know how to do fourth grade math. Anybody with me? You can just comment that with me. You, you, you don't know how to do fourth grade. Just me? Okay. <clears throat> At this point, your spouse is starting to get on your nerves. You know, they're saying, like, can you stop making that noise, please? And you're like, oh, you mean breathing. Yes, I can try to stop breathing. But we just, you just feel overwhelmed by it. And these are the people that will say, you know, they're well-meaning, but they'll say, you know what? Hey, just remember, just remember, God will never give you more than you can handle. Right? Oh, hold on, wait a minute. I have to go get my, my four-year-old daughter's brioche is ready to come out of the oven. Let me go get that first. Are you kidding me? God will never give you more than you can handle. You're thinking, well, I, okay, maybe God won't give you more than you can handle, but me, I'm not so sure. Like, it looks like you can handle everything. Like, and they'll come back and say, well, you know what? It just takes faith the size of a seed. It can, can move mountains. And you're like, well, I must have no faith at all because I can't move this mountain of laundry. It's been two weeks. It hasn't gone anywhere. You know what I'm saying? And so then we'll start feeling like, well, there must be something wrong with me. If God won't give us more than we can handle, 
well, what's wrong with me then? Because I, I feel like I can't handle this. I feel like what's happening in my life right now is just it's a little bit too much. And maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe in this whole time you're trying to, to make your financial ends meet and yet you have family around more and, and you kind of knew that your relationship with your teenager was a little strained, but now you never realize just how tense it really was. You struggled with anxiety or de depression before this, but now you add that on top of it and it just feels so much worse. <clears throat> and it could be positive things too. Like maybe, you know, you're selling your house, but you've also got a new position at work and, and it's exciting. You, you, you want to make things work, but it feels a little overwhelming. You absolutely love your young kids. You, you love your young children to death, but there are times you feel like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just done. I'm exhausted. I'm frustrated. And, and you feel awful even just feeling that way. You, you feel, feel judged for even just having those feelings. I don't know if I can take it. Say, but hey, hey, remember, God won't give you more than you can handle, right? But I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, just take a breath. Because maybe you're feeling overwhelmed by everything and God won't give you more than you can. That's, that's not how that works. That, that's not how that works. If we, if we were to look into Scripture today, if we were to go through the entire Bible, we would see story after story of people that, that are thrown in over their heads. I think of the example of Moses. If you're, if you're familiar with the story of Moses, God goes to Moses through this burning bush, this whole amazing thing, and he tells him, hey, Moses, I got a job for you. I want you to lead uh, a couple million people out of slavery in Egypt. You're going to be the guy. You're going to lead them. And Moses is like, I, I can't do that. I can't do it. I don't, I don't speak well. I've made too many mistakes. I've messed up in my past. I'm too old now. I missed my moment. You know, 40 years ago, when I was all excited, I had this big vision, this big dream, I could have done it then, but I missed my moment. Guess what? God sends him anyhow. God sends him anyhow. And along the way, he's telling God, I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. God, these people are driving me crazy. Maybe you can relate right now. Maybe you're like, this family, they're driving me anyhow. There's another guy. His story is found in, in the story uh, in the book of Judges, Gideon. Gideon tells God, hey, I come from the wrong neighborhood, the wrong family. I don't have the right connections, the education, the background. God, I, I really can't do this. You know what God says to him? He says, you're a mighty man of valor. Go, go do this thing, you mighty man of valor. We jump to the New Testament, Timothy. Timothy would say, well, I'm too young. I, I, I don't have the right personality. I'm not outgoing enough. And all this brings us up to the Apostle Paul. Check out what the Apostle Paul says about all this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, he says this. He <clears throat> says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Well, Paul, Paul, don't forget, God won't give you more than you can handle, Paul. To which I think Paul would say very biblically and maybe, you know, old King James, thou shalt shut up. Okay? He's like, no, <laughs> that's not how that works. God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, yes, he will. Okay, have you been shipwrecked? Have you been, you know, tried to be people trying to throw stones at you three times to kill you. Yeah, God gives us more than we can handle. We say, well, well, why then? Why would God give us more 
than we can handle. I, I think it's because God knows that ultimately it's the only way that we grow. It's the only way that we grow. You probably heard the, the old, you know, workout expression, no pain, no gain. And it's true. God knows it's the only way that we grow. So here's the thing. Over the next few moments we have together, what I want to do is I want us to look at how God will grow us by allowing us to handle uh, things that are, that are too difficult for us. We're going to look at uh, how God allows us to, to experience more than we can handle, and that helps us to grow. So if you're taking notes, we're going to jump in. Uh, you can write this down. Number one, God gives us more than we can handle, number one, to break our old self-reliance. To break our old self-reliance. See, here's the thing. We as humans, we, we have a bent towards self-reliance, don't we? You know, we don't want to ask for help. Don't want to admit that we need anything. And, and we see this from the earliest age, don't we? I mean, if you've ever been around a toddler, you know what I'm talking about. You probably heard this phrase, I do it myself. I do it myself, right? Like you'll go to a toddler <clears throat> and they're trying to do something crazy, something difficult. And like they've got like this, this bucket that's like way too big for them. They're like, you hear them like grunting, right? And they're trying to lift it up and it's like full of water or something. And you're like, here, let, let me help you. No, 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 I do it myself. I do it myself. And you stand there as a parent and you watch them dump the entire thing all over themselves. And they begin to cry, right? Because I can do it myself. I want to tell you something. That doesn't change, does it? That doesn't go away. I do it myself. We as adults, we have that inside of us. We want to do it on our own. We want to do it all ourselves. But just like a toddler... Just like a toddler, our problem is we have a tendency to overestimate our own abilities. We overestimate ourselves, don't we? I mean, that's why the average American is two inches taller and seven pounds lighter on their, their driver's license than they are in real life. You know who you are. You know it's true, right? So we overestimate ourselves and our abilities. We have a tendency to think that we're better than we really are. Or maybe just because, just because we did something at 19 means that we can still do it today. And I apologize to all those who are being elbowed by your spouse right now. I'm sorry, but we had to go there. Right? We think we're better than what we are. We have that mindset, don't we? Right? I got this. I, I can handle it. I I've done this before. I, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm still good. I don't need to change. I can make it work. And here's the thing. Your heavenly Father who loves you so much knows that we will continue to go that way. If left to our own devices, we'll just kind of continue on that path. I do it myself. I do it myself. And so here's what he says. Okay, so you think you don't need any help? You think you can handle it all? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you just a little bit more. He could have given us the whole thing, which would crush us. But your father who loves you, I'll give you just a little bit more of what you, than what you can handle to see what you do with it. Here you go. And he does that. Why does he do that? He does that, I think, to break us. Now, if you're like me, you hear that, like, I, I don't like that. Now, what, what are you talking about, break us? That, that feels negative. That, that's why I don't go to church, because you're telling me that there's this God who wants to control my life. It feels so negative. But I want to let you know it's not. Because think about it. In every area of life, things that we value, things of value, we break first. We break before there's benefit, don't we? I mean, we, we live in El Dorado County, many of you. Uh, you, you own horses. You know, you have to, if you get a new horse, you have to break it. You, you take this, this amazing, powerful animal that has so much raw ability, but until you break it, until you, and what I mean by that is actually, you're, really what you're doing is you're getting the, the, the horse, the animal, to trust you, 
to take its energy and harness it, to know that, that it trusts you enough to know you're not going to hurt it, but you want good for it, and you can harness that energy, and it accomplishes incredible things. It's amazing. You break something before it has benefit. You, you get a, a, an incredible, vast piece of land. Before you can build, you have to break ground. Before we build, we, we break ground, don't we? You go in and you clear the land. <coughs> you tear down the old. You're stripping away all that was. Now, here's the thing. We look at it, we look at what, what used to be trees and, and, and this vast piece of land, and it's all bare now. It looks empty and ugly. We don't like the way that looks. We don't like the way that feels. But you know what? To a builder, it doesn't look empty. It looks ready. It looks ready to build something incredible. It has to strip everything away first so it can be ready to build. You have to break before you can build. If we're honest, we don't like that, do we? We, we, we like to always look good. Yeah, I do. Like, I, I like to look good. I like to look competent. I, I like to stay in my comfort zone because when I'm in my comfort zone, I know what to expect. I can manage uh, people's expectations. I can manage what I look like. I know where the boundaries are, and I can always make myself appear the way I want to appear. We like to stay in that way, don't we? It's like this. I think there's, there's, there's two ways people tend to work out. Actually, there's, there's three. We saw that one of the ways on the screen a few minutes ago. Don't do that. But two ways people tend to work out. One, you'll go to the gym and you'll see it. There's these people, they, they just seem comfortable. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they're at the gym. They look like they've been there for 100 years. They, they know what they're doing. They're comfortable. They go and they pick up these heavy weights. And they lift them with ease. And they look good doing it. They look impressive. And they're in control. And they feel great. They feel strong. Right? That's a great way to work out. Like, you, feel, you leave the gym feeling good. Like, everybody's like, look at that guy. People are going to that guy and asking him for tips. Like, hey, so what do you do? Or what kind of protein bar are you eating? You know what I'm saying? Like, we like to, to be that guy. There's another way. This other kind, they're sweating. They're breathing hard. They're doing what's called working out until muscle failure. And this is the idea where, where you, you, you do more than you can handle, and you're not doing like a nice little set that looks good and feels good, and you feel comfortable doing it. No, their goal is, is to lift until they can't raise the bar anymore. You know what I'm saying? And now i got to be honest, that doesn't look pretty. You don't feel impressive when you can't raise the bar all the way. Nobody's watching you thinking, wow, this guy's amazing. It doesn't feel good. You don't feel strong. You feel weak. And what you're doing is you're pushing yourself until you reach your breaking point. Until you get to a place where you recognize, I'm weak. I can't do it anymore. But here's the thing. If we're honest, we don't, we don't like to get to that point. Right? We, we would rather appear strong. We'd rather appear outwardly strong and remain inwardly weak. Look at Samson. You can check out the story of Samson. He appeared outwardly strong. It looked like he could do amazing things. And yet, there was a weakness on the inside of him. He never dealt with that weakness. We would rather appear outwardly strong and yet remain inwardly weak. Why? Because it's easier to appear strong than it is to become strong. It's so much easier. It's so much easier to walk around and, and kind of have that attitude and have that, that self-reliance, but God wants something more for us. See, a, a lot of people, they don't go through, they don't want to go through this, this second type of workout because we don't like to, to look, we, we don't like how they look struggling and feeling weak. Right? No, one, no one likes to feel that way. But the truth is, that's where the real growth happens. When we reach that breaking point, when, when the muscle has been torn down, when there's nothing left to give, and you feel weak, and you feel like there's nothing else left in you, that's where real muscle growth begins to happen. 
It's the same thing with us in our lives. Right? When we're struggling with more than we can handle, we're, we're trying to do it all ourselves. I, I do it myself. I do it myself. I can handle this. I can navigate that. I'm smart enough. And then we finally get to that point where something inside of us breaks and we recognize, I can't do it on my own. I can't do this all by myself anymore. This is not working. We break. And we realize I've been fighting so hard, struggling so hard, and we say to God, come on. God, I need you. And just like that parent who's been standing alongside the toddler the whole time, says, okay, here, I'll come alongside you, and I'm going to help show you how this is done. It's not going to take over and do it for you, but says, come on, let me show you how we can do this together. See, everyone wants breakthrough. We, we sang about it earlier. We love this idea of breakthrough, but we, we, we want it, but few people are willing to get to a breaking point. And until you reach your breaking point, we'll never experience breakthrough. Until we get to that point where we say, I can't do it myself anymore. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I, God, I need you. God, I need your strength. We recognize I'm weak without you. As long as we keep trying to, to live this thing out in our own strength, we miss out on God's strength. The Apostle Paul discovered this. You see it later in the book of 2 Corinthians. I'm going to just throw it on the screen now. 2 Corinthians uh, 12, he says this. He had been going through a situation where, where he felt weak, and there was things he was not able to, to overcome, and, and he finally met with God, and God kind of brought this to him, and it says this in verse 9. It says, the Lord says, my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul leans in. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ, here it is, so that Christ's power may rest in me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight my weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. Paul says, I don't want to appear strong outwardly and remain inwardly weak. So you know what? I would rather people look at me and say, oh, oh, you have to be part of accountability group? Oh, that must make you feel weak. No, it makes me feel safe. It makes me feel strong. There are people in my life who know what's going on that makes me feel incredibly safe and strong in the Lord. Listen now, Paul describes this once again in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. He says, indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But he says, why this happens? But this happened. Teach me something. That we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. I got to tell you, I experienced this this, this week. I'll be honest, until I got here this morning, I was not very excited to, to give this message. <laughs> um, I, was, I was struggling with this. I felt like, God, I, I don't have much to say. Why is anybody going to want to listen to me? Uh, you know, all sorts of different thoughts. I felt very weak. And then it dawned on me as, as I came in this morning, okay, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about this, this idea that we need to lean in and recognize our weaknesses without God. and We can experience his full strength. That's what I was going through this week. I have to recognize that without God, I am weak. Without God, I, I don't have strength, so I'm going to lean in. God is teaching me not to rely on myself. Paul was saying, I was relying on myself. I was relying on my, my past experiences, my, my wisdom, all the things I've been through, and God had to break me of that, so I rely on him. See, God will give us more than we can handle so that he can break us from our old self-reliance so that we'll grow. Now, there's a second step in the process. This, I'll be honest, I like this part better. This is the part I want to lean into. He does this, number two, if you're taking notes. God will give us more than we can handle in order to build new God-centered confidence. 
God will give us more than we can handle so we can build new God-centered confidence. Okay, so what do we do when we get to the point we recognize, okay, I'm weak. I don't have what it takes. I need you, God. What do we do when we recognize we can't do it on our own? You know, some would say, well, at this point, you have to just let it go. I'm not going to sing. I thought about it, but I'm not going to sing. Okay, just let it go. Let go and let God. That's what you need to do is just let go and let God. Well, that sounds nice, doesn't it? That sounds spiritual. Here's, we're thinking, just let it go. And God's thinking, let's go. Let's go. We're, we're, we're saying, let it go. And God says, no, no, pick it up. Because here's, here's the thing. Jesus never said, let it go. He did say, pick, take up your, tr- your cross and follow me. See, so many times we're looking for a way out when God says, I want to give you a way through. We, we sing that song, way maker. Okay? Well, God's not going to provide us with a way out. He provides us with a way through. See? But we say, well, I can't do it. I can't. It's, it's too big. It's too much. Too much time has passed. It's too late. You know, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me how one minute we can vastly overestimate our own abilities, and the next we completely underestimate God's great ability in us. Don't we do that? We vastly overestimate, well, I can handle I can take care of that. I don't need anybody. But when God's asking us to do something that takes us out of our comfort zone, oh, well, we can't do that, God. We vastly underestimate God's great ability in us. God's way is through. God says, my way is through. That's why scripture says time and time again. Uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's through Christ, not my own strength, not by, by myself. It's through Christ. Isaiah 43, verse 1, says, Do not fear. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze. God has a track record of taking us through things. He led the Israelites through the Red Sea. He parted the sea, and they had to go through it. He didn't didn't give them the way out. He led them through Daniel. Daniel had to make it through the night with the lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they went through the flames, but they weren't there alone. God was there with them. God wants, we want out, but God wants to lead us through. He will make a way through. That's God's answer. Let's go through this because he knows what's on the other side. On the other side is this, this new God-centered confidence. Psalms 23 says it like this, It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you're with me. We we can go through these hard times. We can go through things that we feel like I can't handle, I can't take anymore. But God promises that he will be with us. I I heard one preacher say, if you're going to go through hell, keep going. Isn't that good? If you're going to go through hell, keep going. And some of you, that's where you're at right now. You've been through hell with your kids. It's been hell in your marriage. There's there's been some hell that you're going through with your finances, right? But here's the thing. Too many times people are living in a personal hell because they decided to stop going. They stopped in the middle. Things got hard. Things got difficult. Somewhere we got this idea that if it's hard, if it's more than I can handle, well, that must mean it's not God, right? And we turn around to the first sign of opposition. I got to tell you, that's not how this works. That, That is not how that works, it's like this. I remember a couple years back, I went to a, a soccer game. It was a kid's soccer game. I, I don't even know if it was one of my own kids or who it was. But we're at the soccer game, 
And it was amazing. I got to see this little kid score his first soccer goal. And it was awesome. Like, he got the ball at midfield, and he took the ball, and he started going down the field. And it was amazing. It was like, it was like the sea parted. He saw all the other team. They kind of, it's almost like they, like they stepped aside. He's the kid's thinking, they must be afraid of me. Like, I'm just, like, marching down the field all the way to the goal. He kicks the ball, and it goes in the net. And he's jumping up and down, and he's looking around. And his coach is like this. And his parents are like, ah. Oh. What he didn't realize is, he kicked the ball in his own goal. The reason why there was no opposition was because he was going in the wrong direction. The same holds true in our life. Oftentimes, if we're not facing much opposition, it may mean that we're going in the wrong direction. For some, you're like, well, this is so difficult. It's so hard right now. Like, it was easier before I was really living for God. It was easy before I got my family into church. Why is it such a struggle? Why is it so difficult? Because there's opposition. When you're going in the right direction, there's going to be opposition. But that shouldn't discourage us. That shouldn't bring you down. That should stir excitement. We're going to win. When you start going in the right direction, it means you're on your way to a victory. God wants us to go through these times because he knows what's on the other side. It's kind of like this. Check out this video. Nice. Nice drill, Coach. Really very cute. What are you gonna work with me and Gold? Goldberg, do you trust me? My mother would not approve of this, Coach. She'd like me to live to be bar mitzvah. This is your bar mitzvah, Goldberg. Today you will become a man. Coach, I think you got the ceremonies mixed up. Coach, will you come back here? Whatever do to you, man. District five, ready. Oh man, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Hey, oh, guys, what you say? No, a Goldie. Oh, please, no. Fire! There it is. Here's the thing. Goldberg, he had the right equipment all along, didn't he? He had the right equipment. The problem was is it had never been tested. See, here's the thing. What hasn't been tested can't be trusted. Until we, until we test it, until we lean in, and some of us, you, you believe the right things. You've had the right beliefs for a long time. You, you know what the Scripture says, but you've never, never put your full weight onto the promises of God. You've never leaned in to see that God is faithful, that he can be trusted, that he can do what he says. I love that video. There's a coach there, and he knows that on the other side of this testing, on the other side, he's going to know that he can trust it. On the other side is his whole new confidence, and he wants him to know that and experience it. I think that's what your Heavenly Father wants for you. That's why he allows us to go through these hard times. That's why he allows us to face things that, that seem like we cannot handle them, because he knows on the other side is his new, God-centered confidence. He knows that on the other side we'll say, I can trust God. I can trust what the Bible says. I don't just believe it. I know how to use it. 
I know how to use it in my daily life. And we've grown. I love how the Apostle Paul, he kind of ends this whole, this whole discussion like this. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 10, he says, He has delivered us from such deadly peril. He will deliver us again, and on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. That's what your Heavenly Father wants for you. That's, that's what your coach wants for you. Then on the other side of this thing, you would experience a whole new confidence in who God is and what he's able to do in your lives. He wants that for you, and we want that for you. So that the next time we face adversity, you know what we will. It's not going anywhere. Jesus said, said, in this world you will have troubles, but be encouraged. I've overcome the world. Other places it says that, that when we face these things, when hard times are coming, when difficulties are coming, it says, it says, count it all joy. It says, rejoice, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and endurance and perseverance and a hope. Right? We know that God is doing something. And so we can get to the point when adversity comes. We don't look away. We lean in. Knowing that even though it's, it's painful, it's about to get good. It's about to get so good in your life, what God wants to do. He's cleared the ground because he's ready to build. He's ready to go to the next level in your life, in your faith, in your marriage, in in your relationships. It's about to get really good if we'll lean in. Today, if, if you're going through hell, keep going because God makes a way through. Let me pray for you. Father God, I, I know, Lord, I... I know this is hard to to hear. It's hard to to do. These moments where we're walking through and it just feels overwhelming and and we go on social media. It looks like everything else is going great for everyone else but me. And we're we're frustrated and we're tired. We wonder, is this going to do any good? What is this doing? God, I thank you that you are walking with us. You will bring us through. On the other side, there's something better. You're making us stronger. God, I pray to help us to lean into you during this time. As we're praying this morning, for some, maybe you thought you had to do it yourself. You've been trying to perform for God. Look, look, I can do it. You thought you were doing something spiritual, but you've been missing out on the power that God provides for you. I want to just tell you, stop striving and rest. I felt this morning as I was going through my notes, God was saying to someone, you are already accepted. You are already loved. You're already forgiven. Stop striving and rest. You've already pleased me just just by being my kid. That's what God would say to somebody. You've already pleased me just by being my kid. Would you just rest? God wants that for us this morning. Others, maybe you're afraid of the opposition. There's some things you, you know you need to do. You know that God is calling you to do something, but it scares you. You need to trust what God has given you. Trust the tools, trust the the weapons, trust what Scripture has given us, and lean into what God has for you. See that it works. Put it to the test. I encourage you, maybe there's something you need to do this week that begins to lean in onto what you believe. For others, you're overwhelmed, overwhelmed right now. You're just trying to keep it together trying to make it all work. It feels like it's all on you, and you you are at your breaking point. Would you just break? You just break with God right now in this moment. You're already there. You've been trying to push it off. You've been trying to hold it back. I, if I can just make everything come together, if I can just take care of the kids and pay the bills and, and deal with my own thoughts, my own insecurities, would you break before God right now? 
So I want to give you my strength. But before I can do that, you need to yield your heart. Maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm tired of going my own way. I'm tired of the choices that have, that have hurt me and messed me up. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say a simple prayer. It's not a magic formula, but if it's the intention of your heart, even across screens, wherever you're, you're hearing these words today, if you, if you make this your own prayer and you ask God to be in work in your life, he's going to honor that. So would you pray this with me? Father God, I give you my life. I'm sorry for the choices that have hurt me, choices that have hurt you. Thank you for sending Jesus to forgive me, to give me new life, to give me purpose. I receive you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you said that prayer this morning, I want to encourage you, please, would you comment? Would you send us an email? My email is kyle at vantagepointchurch.net. I would love to connect with you. I would love to get some resources into your hand. But we are excited for what God is doing. I can't wait to hear the stories about what's going to happen on the other side of this as we continue to lean in. Right now, 